And you could have a seat. Actually, why don't you stand back up? Stand back up. Stand back up. I told you we were going to do this last week, and those of you who were here last week, you remember now, okay? We are in a series called uh, A Simple Way to Pray. Um, A man named Martin Luther, around the time of the Reformation, which we are celebrating, by the way, this week, as well as Halloween, but Reformation is kind of cool, too. And so a man named Martin Luther was a part of that Reformation. Uh, He had a, a correspondence with Master the or Peter, the master barber, and he was teaching Peter, the master barber, a simple way to pray. And so we're using this simple way to pray taught to Peter, the master barber, and most of it is found in the Lord's prayer. So we're going to read the words of the Lord's prayer together. Let's read this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thanks, you can have a seat. kingdom is like a buried treasure that a man finds out about and sells everything that he has so that he may obtain the field that the treasure is buried in so that he can have the treasure. The kingdom is like a pearl that is hidden in the sea but is revealed and found and valuable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It starts out this small, but it grows and provides shade and protection. And it's expansive in nature. The kingdom is like a wedding feast where everyone is there to celebrate, to eat and drink and dance. Amen? Yes. All right. The kingdom belongs to the little children. Not to the powerful, not to the wise, not to the strong. The kingdom belongs to the little children. The kingdom belongs to the poor in spirit. It's easier, in fact, for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Seek first his kingdom and everything else that you need, it will be added to you. The kingdom is in your midst. It's here. It's now. It's among you. And above Jesus, nailed to the cross, there hung a sign. Behold the king of the Jews. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Everything that I just paraphrased or directly quoted comes from what we like to call the red letters. Jesus' direct 
words. And, and I missed some of his statements about the kingdom because Jesus was obsessed about the kingdom of God. In fact, he talked about the kingdom of God more than anything else in his three years of ministry. And so today we want to focus in on that obsession. We want to focus in on his central message of ministry here on earth, the proclamation of the kingdom of God. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So the question is, what do we know about this kingdom? This man named... Augustine, he was the bishop of Hippo in uh, the 5th century. And in his classic, uh, entitled The City of God, he wrote a response to the fall of a kingdom, the fall of the great city of Rome. And he observed that the kingdom of God is the kingdom in which God resides and he rules. That the kingdom of God is where everything falls in line with God's perfect will and perfect desire, that the sovereign authority of God rules the city and it's, it's ruled by order and justice and mercy and righteousness and holiness. The kingdom of God is everything exactly as God would have it. And it's driven by a perfect love of God. That's what Augustine, that's what Augustine sees as the city of God or the kingdom of God. But, but for uh, those of us who are Christians, um, we are described as citizens in that kingdom, right? So the Bible describes us as citizens of the kingdom. But here's the problem this morning that I want to grapple with, I want to wrestle with. We don't live there yet, do we? We don't live there yet, right? It's like like having a card in your wallet that says you're a citizen of this great, 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 great country, but you can't go there yet, right? You've got to stay in this other country that's kind of crummy, and you've got this citizenship to this other country that's amazing and perfect and everything is in place and you're kind of in this chaotic, messy kingdom. And that's what we live in. That's the tension that we live in as Christians. That we are those who are citizens of the kingdom, but we don't yet live there. See, um, here's the tension. All the brokenness on earth. Next point in your, in your outline. All the brokenness on earth is connected to life outside the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus was so animate about this. All the brokenness that you know, that you've heard of, that you've thought about, that you know in other people's lives, that you've heard about on the other side of the world, all of the chaos and brokenness and destruction and evil in the world, they are indicators of life outside the kingdom of God. It creates a a longing inside of us to be in that city. A tension that we feel when we see injustice. When we experience brokenness. When we are driven by our selfish desires. All this and more give us a longing to live somewhere other than we live right now. Because we're currently living outside the kingdom of God. And Augustine also recognizes this and says there's a second kingdom. There's a second city. So he says there's the city of God, the kingdom of God, and then there's this second city, the one in which we reside currently. And it's called the city of man. And the city of man is where things are not as they should be. 
It's characterized by selfishness, ungodliness, greed, conflict, strife. It's temporal. It's not, it's passing away. It's not eternal. It's broken and it's not driven by the love of God, but instead it's driven by the love of man. And the city of man is where um, everything's just a mess. And, and thankfully, Augustine was not real wise, and so he didn't understand the day and age we live in. And so we don't really deal with this. So I just want to have a theoretical sermon this morning about some people who might live in a place where things are a wreck and things are a ruin. And no, he, did he get it? He got it, right? This wasn't theoretical. Like Augustine was prophetic in his thinking about the city of God and the city of man. And it doesn't take long for us to look around. Uh, Every week we take prayer requests and we get a very strong picture of what does the city of man look like? What does the kingdom of man look like? The kingdom of man is where we see brokenness in our own lives. The kingdom of man is why most of us have um, some relationships that are shattered. The kingdom of man is why some of us have made decisions we regret some for a lifetime. The, the city of, of man, the kingdom of man, is why there is conflict in our homes, in our towns, in our governments, in our world. The city of man is why we hope that this won't be the forever city. That this won't be the forever kingdom and that there will eventually be a kingdom better than this kingdom. And Jesus knows this tension that we live in. He knows it intimately because he came and he walked on the earth and and he felt rejection and he looked into the eyes of those who were who were lame and hurting and broken from relationships and from bad decisions and from uh, finances and from all the things of this earth. In fact, Jesus, uh, you know, one of the small verses that we memorize this year, Jesus wept, right? Because he even stared straight into the brokenness of death and losing a loved one. And so Jesus knows this tension, and because of it, in his simple way to pray, he has this beautiful line that embraces this tension and encourages us to engage this tension. And the line is this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This morning, I want to talk about how desperately we need God's kingdom to come. How we live in a place and in a time where we desperately need God's kingdom to come. And I want to talk about four specific areas that we can pray for God's kingdom to come. We can pray, God, kingdom come. We want your kingdom to come in this place, in this moment. And so, uh, number one, four specific areas we need His kingdom to come. Is in, number one is in our own lives. Is in our own lives. Um, once, Luke 17, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's at hand, some translations would say. And so Jesus is talking to a bunch of Pharisees. He's talking to a bunch of religious leaders about where the kingdom of God is. And he's saying, hey, look, it's right here in your midst, in your life. I'm right here is what Jesus is saying. 
for you. Right in front of you. Not out there. Not over there. Not when somebody says, oh, it's over there. No, it's right here in front of you. And just like he said that to the Pharisees back then, he's saying it to you today. The kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is here with you now. And the question is, what are the things that are living outside of the kingdom of God in your life right now? Right? I mean, when we pause and we pray through this prayer, this line in the prayer should make us pause and think, what things in my life are being lived outside of the kingdom of God? Most vividly, Christians have this word for things that are lived outside of the kingdom of God, and we use this word called sin. And sin means everything outside of God's rule and reign, everything outside of the gates of the kingdom of God that we live for, that are in our lives, that are distorting our views of God, our views of others, our views of who God sees us as we are. And so um, the first way we should be praying when we're praying your kingdom come, your will be done is to take a really great look in the mirror and say, what are the areas of my life where God's kingdom is not coming, where I'm getting in the way, where I'm too selfish, where all I'm concerned about is myself? Where, where is my life being lived outside the kingdom of God? What specific sins am I struggling with? What are the things that I'm ashamed of that I don't want to talk about with anybody? Where am I living outside of the gates of God? Not only that, um, you want to engage in this prayer in terms of the things that are maybe being done to you. The relationships in your life. Relationships that have been fractured. Finances that have been fractured. Um, decisions that you've made that have not been the right decisions. They've not been kingdom of God decisions. They've been kingdom of man decisions. And in this little short prayer, right? One of the things that we can address in this section is God... Your kingdom needs to come in my life. And only you can answer that for you. You know better than anybody else other than Jesus what is wrecked and broken and living outside of the gates of the kingdom of God. So one aspect, one specific aspect of God's kingdom come is that you need it in your life. I need it in my life. And so we would pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Secondly, We would pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in others' lives. This is why uh, we take our time and we pray for each other every single Sunday. If you go to other churches, it's not super normal, honestly, right? And and a lot of times, um, I'll I'll just be frank with you, um, the pastor who preaches sermons likes to talk a lot, okay? And and so he constantly like goes, oh man, this prayer time's taking a long time. And then I'm going to have to cut that part of my sermon, that part of my sermon. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm just going to admit that to you that occasionally I do that, right? Because I'm like, this is inefficient and you know, this isn't like, this isn't real streamlined and who knows what somebody's going to pray prayer requests for, right? Like we got some crazy prayer requests sometimes, not today, it was good, but I mean, sometimes you've been here and you're like, oh, I hope they're done soon, right? Okay? It's messy, but we love it. Why? Because we're a church that's committed to praying for one another. Every single Monday morning, the staff gets together, and everything from this past weekend, everything else that we know that's going on, we sit together, we do devotions, and then we pray over that, all of those prayer requests. We've got a prayer team 
led by Michelle Donaldson, who sends out an email just to some select folks who have uh, in confidence that I want to pray for the prayer requests that are mentioned each and every week. And everybody gets that prayer request and we get to pray for those people. If you want to be involved in that prayer ministry, you can talk to Michelle Donaldson and she can uh, include you and and, um, connect you with how you can connect with that ministry. Um, We need to be those who pray for one another. We need to pray for people we love, and we need to pray for people we hate. Jesus says, love your enemy, pray for your enemy. Right? Love your enemy, pray for your enemy. Okay, this, this little teaching on the simple way to pray actually comes from a bigger sermon called uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, amazing sermon, best sermon you've ever heard. And before it, he says... Um, He says this, you have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Right? This is radical kingdom thinking. He would say, I want you to pray for your church family. That's actually pretty easy. And I want you to pray for that neighbor. You know who I'm talking about, right? Don't say their name. Don't write it down. Okay? That neighbor. You should be praying for that neighbor. You should be praying for that uh, estranged relationship. You should be praying for that person that used to be a friend, but then there was that season of life that fractured that friendship, and now you don't talk to them anymore. You should be praying for that person. We should be praying, 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 praying for one another. Ben did a phenomenal job this morning praying. Uh, um, I just want to compliment, compliment you on that, especially um, when, when you were praying about... Um, the fractured world that we live in and, and the conflict that we lived in. I think it's the word that you use, the conflict that we live in. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel very hopeless and helpless sometimes. And it's in those moments that we should be first led to prayer because prayer is not hopeless and prayer is not helpless. And so we should be those who pray for others. So we would pray our kingdom come. Your, king, your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives. We would pray, your kingdom come, your will be done in others' lives. We would pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, number three, in the earth now. In the earth now. Um, I read this short article this morning. I'm going to pull it up for you. It's called The Last 72 Hours in America. And it starts like this. Wednesday, a white man with a history of violence shot and killed two African Americans seemingly at random at a Kroger, Kentucky Kroger store following a failed attempt to barge into a black church. After mail bombs were being sent to people who had been criticized by the president, a suspect was arrested Friday, a man who had rallied against minorities and others with hate-filled messages online. And Saturday morning, a man shouting anti-Semitic slurs opened fire at a Pittsburgh synagogue, killing 11 people attending Jewish services. That was the last 72 hours in America. And we should be praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done right now in our world. I mean, that's just in our country. Every three minutes, a Christian dies worldwide from persecution. 
right? If you're in other parts of the world, you're not, you're, you're not ex- exactly excited about being at church because somebody might throw a bomb through the window. Somebody might come running in with a gun and shoot everybody up. This is a common occurrence. You might get arrested, thrown in jail. Your church building might get burned down. Your house might get burned down because you're holding services in that church. This is happening in the world right now. Because God's kingdom has not come and His will is is not done yet. And we should be praying God's kingdom to become and His will to be done in our world. I mean, if you're feeling like things are bleak and if you're feeling like things are too big and you can't make a difference, I can tell you that prayer is your number one tool. It's your number one tool. As a Christian, it's the first thing that you should go toward is asking God, how can your kingdom come? And how can your will be done in this situation? In this famine? In this genocide? How can your kingdom come? How can your will be done in the earth now? And and I would also encourage you, and I'm I'm not advocating for politics here, but I would say, um, I would say be a part of God's uh, will being done and his kingdom coming, right? Um, I'll give you some little examples that are not super political. One of them, um, we do a roadside cleanup. And Rick Donaldson leads a roadside cleanup and we clean up the road. Did it get cleaned yesterday? I wasn't there. Half of it got done? We got rained out. Half of it got done. So when are we doing the next half? Uh, Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday. Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday. So, Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday, if you're not doing anything, you're going to go after the service, talk to Rick Donaldson, and you're going to say, I want to take care of God's kingdom. I want His kingdom to come. I want His will to be done. And I want to pick up some trash. Lots of beer cans, basically, right? Okay. (laughs) No. So, uh, it's fantastic, and it's why we do certain things like this. Rick, I'm going to pick on you some more. Rick is also in part... uh, part of the Gallatin River Task Force. He and uh, a group of folks, they oversee the beautiful river that we all love and use, right? That's used for water for drinking and for recreating. And my in-laws wouldn't have a farm without that river. And so they, they really see themselves as those who protect that river. And, and, and they take, um, they take uh, testing and um, they try to find out about the health of the river and how we can help that river. And they do water testing in homes. And, and they do that to steward the earth. Because, now maybe you don't have this on your, uh, up, up on your mission statement, but this is why you're doing it, Rick Donaldson. Because you want God's kingdom to come and His will to be done. See here, check this out. In Genesis, Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden, to work it and take care of it. Some of you think work is the result of sin. You're like, there was no work in the, you know, and then all of a sudden Adam and Eve ate the apple and now I got a plan for my retirement, right? Some of us think that. But the reality is, work is good. And the first work that God gave to Adam was to steward his creation. He said, take care of this. I've made this perfect, beautiful creation, but we still need to work on it. Yards need to be mowed and things need to be managed. And you got a lot of animals to name, Adam, right? You got a lot of things to do and you got to get your hands dirty in this creation because you're a part of this creation. 
And God has given that same, that same task to us, that we would work in the garden to bring about life and to bring about renewal and to work hard. So that's why we encourage things like Gallatin River Task Force. I know some of you are part of Yellowstone Forever. All these, uh, these groups that help uh, work in tangible ways to steward God's kingdom. And I would encourage you as well to do that. I mean, it sounds silly, but I, I think we should think through like silly things like water usage. And you're like, really? We're going to talk about water usage in a sermon, Brian? Yes. I don't think about it. I'm like, give me a hot shower and just, oh, forever, right? Like this, if I could have automatic hot forever, I'd stand in there for an hour, right? But I'm not stewarding God's creation well, right? There's, we, we have a certain amount of water, right? And if we run out of that water, we got problems, right? And, and God has said to us, we need to be thinking through these things. And I'm not going to tell you how exactly you need to think through them, right? Once again, I'm not going to get political on this. Right? But what I want you to say is, I want you to be aware that even the smallest decisions can be included in God's kingdom coming and His will being done. Or you can just relegate them outside of His kingdom coming and His will being done. And you can just put them outside the wall. And then in that area of life, His kingdom won't come and His will won't be done. Because we're called to partner with that. So the earth now and then forth. The earth forever. The earth forever. And this is, this is the one that I just love, 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 love. So uh, Revelation is this really strange and awesome book written by a guy named John on an island called Patmos when he was um, exiled there. And in the book of Revelation, he gives all these strange pictures of, of things to come and maybe some of them things past. And, and, and it's a very interesting book to decipher through. But towards the end of the book, Revelation 21, which is one of my favorite um, sections of scripture in the entire Bible, says this. Then I, that's John, then I saw a vision. He saw a vision of a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw, so there was no longer water issues. Okay, there was, it was, it just didn't matter. Okay. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among them, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Listen to this. Listen to this. I know it's not up here. Don't look for it. It's okay. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Can you wait for that day? I cannot wait for that day. I I don't have this morbid sense that I want to get out of this life as quick as I can. I don't. I love this life. I'm enjoying this life. I love being a dad and a husband and a pastor. I love all these things. But listen, I want to go to be with Jesus. That's all I want is to be with Jesus. I I just want to see his kingdom to come and his will to be done. I, I daydream about this vision. When God's kingdom would come out of heaven down to earth and, and the veil would be torn away and there would be no more distinction between heaven and earth, that it would be this beautiful collision of God's kingdom fully coming. Church, this is what we're living for. 
Right? I think sometimes we think we're living to be more moral people. Like, you go to church and you think, hey, I'm going to become a better person this week. Listen, i got something better for you. You are living for a perfect eternity with God. This is a, a vision so much grander than you not cussing this week, okay? Right? Right? This is a vision of God's kingdom coming and His will being done forever. No more tears. No more death. No more pain. The old order of things is passing away. He is making all things new. If you go one more page, John ends the entire Bible by saying this in verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. My kingdom is coming soon. Amen. And then he says this, Come, Lord Jesus, to pray your kingdom come, your will to be done, would to be to pray, Come, Lord Jesus, now and forever. So, where is it in your life that you need God's kingdom to come? In your life, in others' lives? in the world or in the earth forever. These are the things I want you to dwell on this week as you pray through this prayer. You made a commitment last week uh, to pray through the prayer uh, a set number of times. I don't know what that number was for you. I hope you met your goal. I would like you to, I didn't put this in your outline, but I would like you to set a goal this week as well of saying, I'm going to pray the prayer every single week this week or every single day this week, or I'm going to pray the prayer three times this week, or I haven't prayed in a long time, so I'm going to try it one time this afternoon just for you, Pastor Brian. Okay, awesome. Okay. Um, whatever it is, set out that goal and let's reach that goal. And when you, and when you get to this moment, I want you to pause. I don't want you to rip through your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to pause your kingdom come. Pause. God, where does my, where does your kingdom need to come in my life? Where am I separated from you? Where, where are things broken? Where do I need to come back into the kingdom? And I've been living in the kingdom of man instead of the kingdom of God. Pause. God, your kingdom come in other people's lives. Where do I know brokenness and heartache and pain and suffering? Where does God's kingdom need to come in other people's lives? Pause. Where does God's kingdom need to come in this earth, in this world? On the other side of the world, right here in our nation, right here in Big Sky in Montana. Pause. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We need your kingdom to come forever and your will to be done forever and we pray that you would come soon so this week i want you to tangibly pray the prayer i'm giving you tools to pray a simple prayer this week and i want to give you three more simple um, tangible kingdom come opportunities to close out this service and then we'll sing a new song because the old way has passed away and the new has come so you're going to learn a new song okay see how i tied that together all right Three tangible ways, come on up worship team, three tangible ways for kingdom to come opportunities. Number one, Operation Christmas Child. You done Operation Christmas Child? You done this? You like it? You love it? You want some more of it, right? Okay. We're going to grab one of these shoe boxes. We're going to grab one of these after the service today. And we're going to fold this up somehow. Get your kid to do it. They'll figure it out quicker than you will. And you're going to fill it with all kinds of amazing things for kids that have probably never, ever got to celebrate Christmas. 
And in this box, they will get a whole bunch of stuff from you and they will get a, a, a really simple version of the gospel. That Jesus' kingdom is coming and that they should be a part of it. An invitation to that kingdom. And so um, you take that, you take one of these, you say, I want to uh, give it to a two to four year old boy or a five to nine year old girl or whatever you want to mark. You pack it, you bring it back here to church in the next couple weeks and we're going to send that off and this will be a little piece of God's kingdom coming and his will being done. They're out in the lobby. You're going to grab them one afterwards or two or three or however many, right? Yes? Yes? With a little go. Okay, all right. A little gusto. Number two, Love, Inc. Love, Inc. is a love in the name of Christ. That's what in the name of Christ is not ink like incorporated. It's in the name of Christ. Love in the name of Christ. Um, we are partnered with them in the Gallatin County. And they help out with all kinds of folks who are in need. So they help out with folks who need furniture in their houses. They help out um, with folks who need clothing, who need to get their resumes together, who, who need um, some help with financial advisement. They help with all kinds of things. And they help us as a church be the hands and feet of Jesus. Right? And so what we do is we partner with them. We fill out these little forms to become a volunteer. And then if something comes up from them, they say, hey, we've got somebody who is in Big Sky and they need a little help. We're wondering if there's anybody in your church that can help out with this specific area. If you would fill this out and you would say, hey, yeah, I know how to put in a light bulb. Some of you know how to put in a light bulb, all right? You can probably help somebody who doesn't know how to get into their light bulb and needs a little bit of help and needs a bit of a little love of Jesus. Or somebody who can't get transportation to and from Bozeman. And maybe you would say, hey, I can pay 25 bucks and help them get a bus pass so they can get down and back five times. Or maybe they can make a Costco run with me. I don't know. Okay? So we'll, we want you to sign up for one of these. And then you, on the back it says uh, areas that you're interested in. And here, here's the caveat. You can always say no to this. You're just saying no to the kingdom of God coming and, the, and his will being done. That's all. Right? So it's not that big of a deal. No. <laughs> but, but seriously, uh, sign, sign, this up, sign up with this. Um, and if it works for you, it's amazing, amazing opportunities to help out in really simple ways. We'll also be packing uh, Christmas meals coming up soon. And we'll be partnered with Love, Inc. in terms of uh, distributing those meals um, to people who are in need. If you want to talk to somebody who knows a lot more about this, please talk to Stacy Chapman. Stacy, can you raise your hand for us? She's right back there. And she uh, is in charge of this ministry. Third... These wonderful people are amazing and gifted and talented and just lead us like crazy every week, right? And, and, um, but one of the things that every once in a while we need a little more help with is the audio video team. Chad Little back there. Can we just give Chad a round of applause because he does this every single week? Thank you, Chad. Um, Chad and I were talking, and, and uh, it'd be nice for us to expand the audio video team here at the church. It'd be nice for um, us to find folks who say, you know what, I don't like being in front. I don't like being noticed, but I can sure, I, I, I know how to run a computer and I know how to do different things like that. We would love uh, to get your information. Please talk to me or talk to Chad so that we can get you connected so you can run a really cool, it's a really, really cool soundboard back there or help out with the computer up here. Thank you, Meredith family and girls for helping out this morning. Um, but we want to build that team so that we can continue to make things uh, really 
function well here on Sunday morning. And that's the, the last part, is that um, God's kingdom is coming and His will is being done right now. Every single week, this isn't in your outline, but every single week, part of why you would want to gather here is because you'd want to see God's kingdom come and His will be done. I'm not tripping you there. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like advocating that you just need to come to church more. Like That would be great, but here's why you would come to church more. Because right now, we get a glimpse. Like, do this. Just do this. Look around. Like, stop looking at me. Look around at the faces. People you don't know. People you do know. People are like, they're not from this town. They're from out of town. They are from this town. I think they're from town. I've seen them somewhere. Right? Look around. Look around. Like, you are citizens of the kingdom. This is a glimpse of when heaven and earth collide, when God's kingdom comes and his will is done. I got to go to Russia a couple years ago. And in the Eastern Orthodox Church, they make these beautiful, ornate like buildings because they want to give the sense that heaven and earth are colliding in that place. And every single week when we get together, God is doing it again. He's given us a glimpse of heaven and earth colliding, of his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your kingdom is coming and your will is being done and there is nothing, not even the gates of hell, will stop it. Thanks that we get to be a part of it. And we ask God that this week, I ask this week, right now, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. That the areas of our lives that are outside of your kingdom would come back into your kingdom. That you would redeem us, that you would rescue us, that you would save us from ourselves and from the things of this broken city of man. That you would enfold us into your, your kingdom. For it is your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's citizens said, Amen. Please stand and sing.